to the 27th episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. Please give us a five-star rating if you like what you're hearing. We're also on Twitter at Food and Fright, or you can email us at foodandfright at gmail.com, or visit our website at foodandfrighteningfilmfanatics.podbean.com. This week we're doing something slightly different. Most of the movies that we've reviewed thus far on this podcast have been very large franchises with multiple sequels. So typically the first episode is really good, and then after that, by the time you get to sequel 8, 9, 10, it's all downhill. So um, people keep making sequels if they can make any money, and uh, but some of them didn't need to be made, to be honest, and just uh, ruin the overall quality of the franchise. So because of that, I have started a new segment called Single Serving Size. And it will focus on those horror movies that are perfect just the way they are. No sequels, remakes, or reimaginings needed. First up is a movie that many of you may not have seen. It's A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night from 2014. It's in black and white and is spoken in Farsi with English subtitles. It was directed and written by Anna Lily Amapur. This is her film debut. It was produced by Justin Begnod and Sina Saya and executive produced by Elijah Wood. It's starring Sheila Vand in the lead role of the girl, Arash Morandi as Arash, Marshall Manez is Hussein, and he's a familiar face because you've probably seen him in lots of things, including uh, Law and Order, Burn Notice, True Lies, etc., Also, there's Dominique Reigns as Saeed, and much of the music of the movie is by the group's Radio Turan and Kiosk, and the film was crowdsourced by Indiegogo. Well, where to watch the movie? It's available on Shudder, or is on Amazon, YouTube, or Google Play, or iTunes for $4. The Rotten Tomatoes scores... Critics gave it a 96, audiences gave it a 75, so that's obviously pretty high. And just a few notes about the plot. So the movie opens with a cool-looking guy uh, in a white t-shirt and jeans who's smoking a cigarette, so think like James Dean. Um, And he is retrieving a chunky cat to take home. And since there's a cat in this movie, I'm all in. I'm all in for any movies with cats in them. And his name turns out to be Arash. And um, when he gets home, he finds a guy named Saeed. And he's wearing a track suit. He's got lots of gold jewelry. And he has sex tattooed on his neck. So we know he's bad news right off the bat. And he's harassing Arash's father. And that's because Hossein is a drug addict. And he's in debt um, to this guy who turns out he's a drug dealer, a pimp, and an all-around bad guy. And um, since um, his father can't pay, the guy takes his 1950s Thunderbird car, which he really loves. And he told someone previously that it took him 2,191 days of working in order to be able to purchase it. So that's a real blow for him. 
And then next we see a girl who is wearing a chidora, a hijab, and a striped shirt, and she's roaming around the sparsely populated town at night. There are oil derricks and chimneys spewing smoke everywhere. There's also a big ditch under a bridge where lots of bodies are just laying there and people come by every once in a while and throw somebody else in. Um, I'm not sure what that's about and we never actually find out what that's about. So um, if anybody has an answer, let me know. I wasn't sure what that was. Anyway, the girl runs into Saeed and then she heads back to his house and... Just when we're thinking she's going to be in some sort of uh, peril um, and should run away quickly, it turns out that nope, it's actually the other way around. It's Saeed who needs to be very afraid because the girl's fangs um, pop out and they're like retractable and then they just pop out and then she bites Saeed's finger off and then proceeds to drain his blood. So that was a pretty uh, shocking scene. And then... Arash has gone to Saeed's building to try to get his car back, and he sees the girl exiting um, the front gate. They make eye contact, and then he goes up to find that Saeed is indeed dead, and he takes back the key to his car and also takes the drugs that were in Saeed's apartment and then starts selling them to make money. Later, Arash dresses as a Dracula and goes to a club to sell more drugs, and then the girl finds him outside at some point. He's very high and in the street and staring at a, a what do you call it, um, a light pole. And it's a, it's a funny scene because we know now that she's a vampire and she's staring at him who is dressed like Dracula. So um, she ends up pushing him on her skateboard back to his apartment because he's too high to walk. And they listen to music. And just when it looks like she might bite him too, uh, because she's staring at his neck, but instead she puts her head on his chest. So that was a close call. Uh, he did not know how much danger he was in. There are also three other characters, well, actually four other characters in this movie. Uh, they don't necessarily have a lot to do. One is the, um, the daughter of the person that um, Arash was doing yard work for um, and then later went into uh, her house at her request to work on something. So there's her, and then he sees her later in the club. There's also a boy who is just known as a street urchin who is around that sees some of this, and at some point the girl scares him in an inch of his life, and she keeps asking him if he's been a good boy and then shows him her fangs and tells him she'll be watching him until the end of his life. Um, so he he is obviously very scared. I also like the way in that where they uh, distorted her voice because she took, uh, took on a real de demonic voice at that point. So there's her. Then there's also a transgendered woman who is at the party. I think we see one other time before that. And then there's seen Dancing with a Balloon. And then fourthly, there's a sex worker who previously worked for Saeed, and the girl follows her and then offers her the jewelry that Saeed was wearing, including his watch. And then later, Arash's father comes to visit her. They've had a previous relationship, and the girl, for some reason, senses something is up elsewhere and ends up in the apartment and kills Hussein and drinks his blood. 
um, and then has the woman help her dispose of the body. So they just put him out on the street. So in the end, Arash and the girl decide to leave town together. And Arash has a crisis of faith, though, when he sees the girl has his cat. Remember the cat from the beginning of the movie? Well, the cat is now at her apartment. And he had also found that his father was dead on the street earlier. So he knows that she killed his father. But his crisis of faith doesn't last too long. He got out of the car, he walked around a while, and then he ended up getting back into the car. So I guess he trusted her enough to drive out of town with her. Um, and they still have the cat in tow because the cat's on the back seat of the car, so that's kind of fun. And that's it. We don't know what happens to them after that. So I would be very interested to see when he actually finds out that she's a vampire, how that goes. But that's the end of the movie. So, why should you watch this movie? Well, based on the title, you might think this is some sort of revenge movie um, about a woman who's been victimized, but you would obviously be very wrong. It's exactly the opposite. Uh, this movie is dubbed the first Iranian or Persian vampire western. In fact, I think it's the only Iranian vampire movie that I know of. Correct me if I'm wrong. I can't find any others. Um... So that's an interesting twist. Um, and The Girl is a refreshing new twist on vampire lore because we typically do not see many female vampires. And if we do see one, they're typically attached to a man. So uh, there's a disproportionate number of male vampires compared to female vampires. The movie also depicts the isolation of loneliness of what it might be to be like a vampire and live, you know, however many years. So living forever is obviously not what it's cracked up to be. Uh, the movie reminds me of Let the Right One In, which also features two lonely people or creatures that find each other. And some people actually have referred to A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night as the adult version of Let the Right One In. So I thought that was an interesting way to look at it. Um, let's see. The movie is labeled a feminist movie by some. I always find that interesting when they label that, which just means that there's, I think, that there's a female in the lead role and um, she's not playing a victim um, and not taking any crap. So does it pass the Bechtel test? So for those of you who aren't aware, there's a few questions that are involved in the Bechtel test. And one of them is, are there two women in the movie? Yes. Who talk to each other? Yes. About something other than a man? Yes. And then there's an additional fourth question that someone, some people use. Are the two women named? And the answer is no. The girl is just called the girl. She doesn't have a name. So, um, And then there's also a fun test by Kelly Sue DeConnick called the Sexy Lamp Test. And that is, can the character, can you replace the female character with a sexy lamp and the story will be basically the same? If the answer is yes, then you probably need another draft of your movie. So that's kind of a fun way to look at it. Uh, trivia, just have a few things. Obviously, this is a much, uh, much less trivia due to it's just a standalone movie. So number one. In English, the town is referred to as Bad City. In Farsi, it translates to Windy City. So I like Bad City better. Um, 
The girl tells Arash that she's done bad things, and I bet she wasn't kidding. Uh, the film was shot in Taft, California, that's in the desert outside of Bakersfield, and not shot in Iran, but all of the actors are um, Arasian, um, Iranian or Persian descent. Also, Los Angeles has the second largest group of Persians outside of Iran. I didn't know that. Uh, the music in this movie is at times has a very Western vibe, so think Ennio... Um, Morricone from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. So they purposefully mixed elements of, you know, a vampire movie and a western in this, which uh, makes it very enjoyable, I think. So The Girl is a very artsy movie, so it's not for everybody. The visuals are hauntingly beautiful. The scene with a girl skateboarding down the middle of the street with her long robe fluttering in the wind is great because it looked like she might take off and turn into a bat any time. I was kind of expecting that and hoping that would happen. Um, Anna Lily Armapur performed the skateboard scenes in the long shots because she grew up skateboarding, so that's a fun fact. The cat, whose name Masuka, was not originally in the script, but was later added. And, um, yeah, I think that was an interesting addition because that led... Um, him to see that she had killed his father. So that was an interesting addition. Uh, the movie was shot in 24 days. And there are some graphic novels which expand on the story. I have not read them, but if I come across them, I'll definitely check that out and see what else happens in this story. So in conclusion, uh, this movie is a slow burn and very quiet, so it's not for everyone, like I said. Don't expect any shoot 'em up action because there isn't any. Don't expect any, you know, high kill count because there isn't. Uh, this movie is really about creating a world and introducing us to two characters basically in it. So um, I definitely think it's worth a look. Let's see. Recipes. So it should come as no surprise that I was going to focus on Iranian cuisine with this movie. Uh, let's see. So I really don't know much about Ara Iranian cuisine, so I'm just learning as I go. But basically the staples include rice, lots of different kinds of rice, uh, bread, fruits, and vegetables, and then different spices. Um... Let's see, and we'll, I'll list a couple of the different uh, most popular dishes um, in a second. But let's see, fruits and vegetables may include things such as dates, figs, apricots, and peaches, um, pumpkin, spinach, green beans, fava beans, varieties of squash, onion, and garlic are popular in Iranian dishes. And then the spices are saffron is used, um, wide, is used uh, widespread in Iran. And there is rose water. So rose water is a flavored water that uh, is in, that's water that's infused with rose petals. So that is a common ingredient. Also kebabs. Kebabs are probably what most people know about, but there's lots of different kinds of kebabs. And 
let's see, a kebab is typically served with rice or bread. And a dish of chilo, white rice with a kebab, is called chilo kebab. And that is considered the national dish of Iran. There are also a variety of stews. And uh, they may be flavored with tomato paste, saffron, or pomegranate juice. And there is a type of stew called dizzy that is accompanied by bread instead of rice. And a number of soups. And also, you know, desserts, appetizers, drinks, things like that. I won't go into all of those. But I did find a couple of obviously top 10, top whatever, 16 uh, list of Iranian dishes. So let's see what we got here. Some of the highlights are uh, Persian-style saffron and potato fritters, Persian-style cucumber dip, um, yogurt and spinach dip, Persian flatbread, uh, yogurt and beet salad, Persian lamb and pomegranate sauce, walnut and pomegranate dish with rice, uh, tamarind stuffed fish, eggplant. Eggplant is, um, I think, considered the basic staple of Iranian cuisine, kind of like our potato. So eggplant and tomato stew with pomegranate molasses, lamb kebabs in pomegranate walnut marinade. There's a Persian New Year noodle soup, rice with fava beans and dill, saffron infused rice pudding, and uh, uh, nut, nut dishes. So I think that gives you most of them. Let's see here. Oh, here's a couple of others, which are um, rice with broad beans and lamb shank, green bean stew, lamb chickpea stew, eggplant dip, Persian tomato rice, stuffed fish, Persian and Persian cutlet. So I hope that gives you a little bit of introduction to Persian cuisine. Um, one of the main differences with theirs is because of the varieties of different rice uh, recipes that they use, and they also uh, put something sometimes in the bottom of the pot to make the rice kind of harden and sticky. Um, so that's different from the typical just straight, you know, white rice or brown rice um, setup that we sometimes see. So that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed just learning a little bit about the girl who walks home alone at night. I definitely think it's worth a look if you like vampires. And also has very interesting twists because of the Iranian influence. So hope you have a great long weekend if you have one. And we'll meet you here back next week. Stay safe.